0: You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: One ball, two strikes, two outs, six to one. The Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Belize the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three, called. The Rangers are going to the World Series.
0: You are Locked On to Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patter for the Dallas Morning News, and this episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, close friend, Locked On Angels host, Taylor Blake Ward. Taylor, how you doing?
1: Hey, Bryce. How are you, buddy?
0: Oh, you know, I am making it. It is a day, another day in the week of maybe we will, maybe we don't, won't have baseball. Um, I just, I'm trying to keep track of everything, but there's just so many things going back and forth that I, I'm, I'm... I'm feeling kind of lost. What about you?
1: Oh, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sick of it. Just uh, play ball or don't. That's the way I look at it. I don't care. I've got a lot of opinions, and I don't know if we have enough time.
0: (laughs) We've got all the time in the world. But we're going to focus on something today that you are much more of an expert at than I am. Um, The MLB draft um, and Rangers prospects. You're based out of... uh, you're
1: around Anaheim, right? Um, that's uh, yeah, that's a good rough estimate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, around so, uh, Anaheim. So, how long have you
0: been been covering the the MLB draft and and uh, prospects out there?
1: Uh, so I was a minor league broadcaster in 2012, and uh, you know, just kind of really fell in love with the process of minor league baseball. I, I loved minor league baseball before that. Uh, you know, I would go to games when I was a teenager and things like that, but suddenly became a broadcaster and kind of fell in love with that process. And then when I got brought on with uh, Fox sports for a while there, um, you know, they were, I told them, I said, look, I, I know a great deal about prospects and things. Let's, let's kind of get into it. And that was in 2013. So this was my eighth draft. They asked me to do the draft and I, it was, uh, you know, learn by fire kind of thing, but it worked out really well. And I had a lot of fun with it. And now it's uh, so let's see, this is eight, eight drafts together. Had to, build a lot of connections over those years and figure out how those connections would all play out. But I think, I think it worked out really well. And, uh, I was really excited to cover the draft this year. And even if it was a limited draft.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely, you've been doing some great work there and there's, there's quite a few Rangers prospects that have been out around your area. Um, I know you've seen, um, one of the Rangers draft prospects, um, the left-handed pitcher from, uh, Oregon, um, a guy named, where'd we go? Um, yeah, Dylan McLean. Um, <laughs> what have you What have you seen from from him uh, in the the few times that you you've seen him pitch?
1: Well, I only saw him pitch once, and it was about a year ago. Um, it was in Long Beach here, and uh, you know, going through and seeing things like that. Uh, they have a showcase every year in Long Beach, and he was out here. And he was. I'm looking through my notes here, and it's strike throwing ability uh, in the mid 90s. I know that. Uh, He grew into a little bit more of that, Um, and I know that he was touching like 90-ish for a while there, Um, but it did seem like he was heading to school. There was a feel for a breaking ball, a a very slow breaking ball, which you can only assume is a curveball, but you know, had a feel for the strike zone. I, I think that was a great thing to see out of a big kid, so mostly just projection out of everything when it comes to Dylan McLean
0: yeah, it seems like that's kind of the common theme of the Rangers high school picks from this year. I mean, there was a very safe pick at the top of the draft with Justin Fosqui. and um, then just a lot of projectable kind of nobody really knows much about this this draft class because it feels like I mean, you missed what how much of the the high school season out there in in California. I know it, our uh, in Texas, the season was cut off around early March about when all the other sports were, were cut off. Was that the same for, for y'all out there in, in California?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we had, uh, uh, like a month or so, something like that, maybe a month of ball. Um, it was, it was that March 15th, March 18th, whenever the shutdown happened, um, pretty much nationwide, but California, I mean, <laughs> they shut down real fast, uh, <laughs> real fast. And, uh, yeah, I think that mid March mark was when, Everything shut down. Um, I know I could read about, you know, Florida or wherever else shut down during that time, but I know California was right around the same as Texas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. After, uh, March 11th, I remember cause I was working that night, um, and keeping tabs on everything that was going on. And I was supposed to work, a. um, a Pelicans game versus the Kings, it was supposed to be the last game of the night and that ended up not happening. And I got a notification on my phone because I got notifications for all the teams that Fox covers about like um uh the Thunder. It was like the Thunder game like cancelled and I was like, Wait, cancel? What? That's weird. And then obviously all that
1: stuff yeah. like, went down. I was supposed to go to a G League game the night before. I had tickets, uh I had tickets and it was pretty fun uh to think that we were gonna go but i just was really tired and i'm like you know what these tickets were like 10 bucks like whatever i'm just gonna bail out and my wife was like yeah i'm not feeling it and that was on tuesday wednesday night we went out to eat and suddenly uh we come home and I'm turn on the tv and nba season's canceled i'm like what the hell oh my god what happened (laughs) and i found out about rudy gobert and everything like that and it's like wow this uh there's a hit. There's a big old surprise.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's it's looking like California's still pretty locked down. And I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the California teams when they actually do have a season. Because I mean, they were supposed to go to Arizona, but now Arizona's breaking out like crazy. So is there? What are your thoughts? Are things getting better in California? Is that a viability? Um, or the Angels going to have to play in like Nevada or something?
1: I don't know. Um, I, no, because. The governor did note that um, you know professional sports teams can play at their facilities, um, so you know Lakers, Clippers, you know it, it, the list went on and on, and um, but so they'll be able to play there, but it's no fans um, and limited access. Um, LA County has been hit pretty hard, and their mayor is a fairly well-known mayor, uh, I guess. Yeah, from the sense of you know, I think most of the country knows who Eric Garcetti is. And yeah. Garcetti is uh, – there's been a big pivot for him moving towards um, some of the r- r- social injustice that's going on. Um, you know, Mayor Garcetti's had to pivot towards social injustice that's happening in L.A. And, and there's just – I feel like there's just a lot of crap that's going on in L.A. County. Uh, it's a big numbers for uh, coronavirus uh, up there with New York, I think, you know, and, and obviously Los Angeles – is what the second largest county in the United States and one of the 10 largest counties in the world or whatever it is. But yeah, it'll be surprised. It'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers play out as opposed to the angels. Um, Cause orange County is very much uh, trying to open up without approval from the governor and they were one of the first to open up. And uh, so we'll see. I, you know, so I well, have no orange idea, County but, is
0: for us, us novel novice. Um, yeah. Um, yes. And I'm,
1: got yeah, Anaheim is in Orange County. Um, there's LA County. Um, uh, and then a lot of the fan base for Anaheim would be in Riverside County, which is seeing a little bit of a spike right now, but mostly Orange County and, and Orange County's, uh, mm. trying to free themselves from, uh, get, uh, Governor Newsom a little bit. That's fair.
0: Are things o- starting to open back up like restaurants or whatever around there? Or is it still pretty <laughs> yeah.
1: locked down. Yeah, no, everything's starting to open up, um, with some restrictions. Um, you know, you still, there's some uh, businesses that uh, you have to wear a mask going into the business. Some are a little more lenient and just ask you to wear a mask, those kind of things. But for the most part right now, uh, everything's starting to open up. Restaurants, even bars, gyms, things like that.
0: Oh, huh. interesting.
1: Yeah, All And uh, you would have asked me two weeks ago, I'd have been like, nope, we're screwed. We're sitting at home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it seems like people have have been following things out there. Texas opened a little bit, actually a lot, it felt like a lot earlier than most of the country. And things are getting way out of hand right now. And it's not being tamped back down. So I'm, I mean, as of right now, um, if games were played at at Global Eye Field, they could have up to 50% capacity, which at this point, it feels just just bad. It just feels bad. Which, I mean, they opened at 25% capacity like two weeks, I think, after things started opening up when, when they knew that no games were going to be played or anything like that. And they thought, oh, yeah, since all the games that didn't happen went so well, we're going to open up to 50%. So I don't know what his next plan is. I, I think some restrictions might be coming back, but... Who knows? That's still a little ways off. Um, but let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about some Rangers prospects, um, a little bit about Mike Trout because, you know, we can't have the host of Locked On Angels on and not talk about Mike Trout, um, and some more stuff about the MLB season. But after you listen to this show, make sure you go and listen to Locked On Fantasy. Uh, they got really great stuff I'm preparing for the season. Um, if you want to get make sure that you get ahead on your draft, Locked On Fantasy has you covered. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar you will ever have, I promise. I will not stop talking about them because they are fantastic. They taste like a candy bar. They have 16 flavors. You know the drill. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, and they're easy to chew. They are just straight-up delicious. They're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so you get everything you need and nothing that you don't need. For our listeners, go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on, and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. Use promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto is the family business; they are serving Auto parts co- auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they've got everything from engine control modules and uh, brake parts to tail lamps motor oil even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver uh, get everything you need for the few easy clicks delivered directly to your door their catalog is remarkably unique um, and easy to use um you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the different brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com prices, they're always reliably low. They've got your back, and they're the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why would do you spend up to twice as much just because you don't work for a garage? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And we're back with Taylor Blake Ward of Locked on Angels. Taylor, where can they find your work?
1: Uh, Lockedonangels.com or you can uh, follow me on Twitter at TaylorBlakeWard.
0: All righty. Yeah, you have got some great stuff there. Um, if you want to bone up on arrival, rival, Taylor has got you covered. He is the expert there. He's also the expert on California kids. And the Rangers have a couple of them, um, two pitchers in their minor league system that are some really exciting arms, Cole Wynn and Hans Kraus. And I know you've seen quite a bit of Cole Wynn. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you saw from him in high school and, and what kind of prospect you think he might be?
1: Yeah, I mean, above-average feel for the zone. Um, Had a pretty lively fastball. It picked up pretty well, too. It was sitting uh, mid-'90s in the early starts there in high school. Um, Love the curveball. I mean, he throws four distinct pitches that I feel all of them are above average, and that's a great thing. I think the curveball stands above everything else because of high spin rates and his ability to locate it and throw it for strikes, but that's the thing is, he throws the majority of his pitches for strikes uh, not as raw as I feel like other high school pitchers are. And I think that's where uh, this is a big kid. I mean, I know he's maybe it's funny. I say he's six two and it's like, that's not an, a big pitcher. It's like, you know, I'm I'm six foot. And I'd be the smallest pitcher in the league kind of thing, but it's, uh, you know, very, very talented young man. I'm not sure the performance is there just yet. I don't, I haven't, followed his performance, but uh what he's twenty it was, years. Old. It was
0: towards the back of the season. He went I think he started in um in Arizona and then actually no, I think he started straight in um in Low A in Hickory. Um he, he struggled a bit to start, but his last like, like eight starts he had like a three, two something ERA and, oh, and really, great. really um did well.
1: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um I mean, like I said, I didn't know what the performance was but <laughs> <Let's> to <laughs> be twenty years old a twenty year old pitcher that's having some form of performance in uh low eight that's not bad. So um, I haven't followed his pro career as much. Uh, I probably will when he is a Texas Ranger, of course, but getting to see him in California, he was just such an advanced arm out here. And he was a, he was a hot ticket. You know, a lot of people came out to see him and he was definitely a first rounder. There was no denying the first round talent.
0: Yeah. I know the Rangers were really, really surprised when they when he fell to him all the way at fifteen, they thought he was—I think he was their highest-rated player or pitcher in the draft—and so they were over the moon when he fell to them. But yeah, like you talked about, the advanced arm. I mean, he hasn't had much of a pro career so far. He was part of the D-load program that John Daniels did, but a few of those pitchers um, really didn't work out with most of them. A lot of Tommy John surgeries for those guys, having to because they sat out and didn't pitch for for quite a while. But it's worked out for him. I mean, he struggled a bit to start. Um, last season but he really finished the year strong and to have that kind of success or really any success at his age at that level is pretty encouraging and I mean the the minor league season is going to be wild this year whatever form it takes if it takes a form if it's not just a bunch of inner squad games um it's definitely going to look a lot different um but he's definitely um a little bit different of a profile than the other um the other California kid, Hans Kraus. Um, he's a little bit older, age twenty-one, um, born in ninety-eight. He is definitely a big kid, a six-four kid, and a really interesting guy. I know there was a lot of scouts that I heard were scared off because he's very intense, kind of Scherzer-like on the mound, and that he's like scary, just straight up scary. <laughs> Um, and he's got can a real I funky a, delivery too
1: can i use a word that may uh you may bring the sensors on go for it he's an asshole <laughs> i mean literally he uh he was like a junior in high school and he texted uh he was there in a premier college or premier high school uh conference there in orange county uh in the anaheim region kind of it's south orange county some more closer to newport and laguna but um he uh, texted a pretty premier high school coach saying, you know, F you, we're gonna beat you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you know, for a junior in high school to be sending text to a high school coach that's not your high school coach and then opposing one and and saying the things he did. I mean the kids kid's kind of an asshole, but uh it's working for him. It's definitely working for him.
0: Yeah, it is. He had he had some struggles last year, but he pitched through bone spurs in his foot. I don't really know why they made the emphasis to do that he really struggled down the stretch but he was still pitching through it i mean he got those spurs removed um but he sits 97 um was he still doing that thing the johnny quato thing with the oh the yeah hesitation delivery in, in high school that's oh, I, yeah. I absolutely oh. love
1: that I, I think just the dude was so funky and it was uh between the you know Kind of just being that um, that kid that was overly aggressive and things and and really uh, stick it to you kind of attitude. Um, he was funky, but it's it was he had fun. There's no denying that he had fun on the mound. Um, definitely had that that Cueto shimmy shake. He I don't even know if it was a Quato one. He had like a weird shimmy shake, like um, like it was a mix of like Ryan Webster, Johnny Cueto, and um, like other dudes. It was a trip. It was a real trip. <laughs>
0: yeah he's definitely got some some funk to him but tell us a little bit about his um his repertoire i know he he was mainly fastball slider and the fastball is nasty and the slider is is nasty as well I, I think he's been working on a change up he needs that third pitch but um what can you tell me about his his slider and and how that looked in high school and how you think it might project
1: yeah i mean it, it was uh it came on a fastball line and with a late break uh Definitely, I think in high school more so than what uh, is being reported now is it would have that kind of slurve-like break at the end, but it stayed on a hard fastball line to about the 30, 40-foot mark and then would break really late uh, with a sharp late break. It's a pretty good pitch, and it always has been. Um, He also had the curveball that was pretty big and loopy. Um, I didn't love it, but it it worked, and especially in high school when you're throwing in the – mid nineties um, and the fastball, you know, really a lively fastball is not afraid to get it to the top of the zone and, and really challenge hitters um mostly like 92 to 95 but you'd see a couple high 90s in there um i think the highest i ever tracked him was probably about 98 which <laughs> just 98 let me rephrase <laughs> that dear god uh he eight. Eight one time when i saw him and it was like holy crap <laughs> 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 uh so like you know 92 95 and and probably a little bit more in the tank as he grows physically because he's a big kid uh a little yeah, he's bit 6'4". Yeah, a little lanky, but no, very I mean, very interesting arm. And and he went in the first round, right? No, second round, right? Yeah, he
0: was a second rounder. Yeah, he he yeah. fell a little bit. Yeah. Uh MLB pipeline has his fastballs at 65 and his slider is at sixty five as well. Um they have a little knock on his control. I mean, it's it's a fifty, which with that kind of raw stuff,
1: I feel like is is pretty decent. But he, um, he has a little bit of a recoil in his delivery. Um you know it's like he's lanky and loose and you kind of want to see him finish over finish uh more fluidly uh definitely very uh violent on the upper body which i think is just where you have to fix things but you know outside of that it's not like uh i think there's you know athleticism there to get some strikes um maybe a lot of reliever risk but if you get a starter out of him, i think it's a pretty fun starter to monitor
0: I think so too. You know, um, he's definitely someone to dream on and, you know, the angels have a a couple people to dream on. Um, a, a guy that I'm really curious about is, um, Joe Adele. Um, I've heard a lot about him, um, should be coming up what this year. Um, but I don't really know much about him. I don't think Rangers fans know much about him, but I'm, I'm sure they will for, for quite a few years in the future. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, about him and, and what you think he might be able to do as an angel?
1: Uh, I mean their expectations are massive very big for him Um, you know this is a guy that has all the tools in the world um, and had him for a long time there when he came into baseball he had a little bit of swing and miss that was adjusted very quickly the athleticism is outstanding and just a very good baseball player at this point who's showing a lot more polish than I think was ever expected out of him Um, and also is A really big voice for young players. I mean, he's only 21 years old, but has become a very solidified voice within the game, even without being a major leaguer. Uh, A lot of power. I think defensively, probably going to play in a corner. Um, He was a pitcher in high school that was thrown in the uh, up to the mid 90s, but it seems like that arm something happened. I think I'm not going to speculate because. I know it's in my report somewhere and I can't think of it off the top of my mind, but something happened with his arm where the armstring never really came back fully. Um, so it seems like he's going to be a left field, right field kind of guy maybe has the ability to play in center, but I don't think that's a concern right now with a guy that's in center field for the angels. Um, but you know, <laughs> this is a guy that could be among the league leaders offensively um, maybe prone to strikeouts at times, but you're going to run into, you're going to see him have 30 plus home run seasons. You're going to see him hit for, 275 or better with a 350 or better on base percentage regularly and this is going to be you know a guy that you expect to maybe see in an all-star game or two
0: gosh man don't y'all get all the luck and and to go along with with mike trout too i mean gosh that lineup is going to be nasty with rendon and with adele and mike trout and otani it's just jeez I thought y'all might, might let up at, at one point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it had been a long, long time before the Angels had a prospect like this. Obviously, there is Mike Trout. But they went through a spell where they didn't have any prospects that were making the majors. They didn't have any minor leaguers that were even sniffing the major leagues. And uh, to see, a, you know, they break out with a, a talent like Joe Adele, who's one of the top prospects in baseball. Uh, they're very excited for him in and, and the future ahead when it comes to Joe Adele.
0: Yeah, as as well they should be. Um, I want to talk a little bit about probably the most, for, at least for me, um, the most interesting angel is Shohei Ohtani. Um, I want to know your thoughts on on him. I I'm still concerned about like the injury issues, and I'm not exactly sure. Um, I mean, not that we know what this season might look like, but was he planning to to pitch this season, or was he going to just full time DH this year and start pitching again in uh, 2021?
1: Oh, no, they were going to 2 way him. Um, I mean, it, it sounded like his return to the mound was going to be about June or so, which kind of works out perfect right now. Uh, like a full return to the mound, maybe May or June. And now it seems like, you know, they're going to be able to get a full season out of him depending on what happens. Uh, obviously, there would have been restrictions, pitch count restrictions and, and inning caps. Um, but, you know, with the season being 60, 70 games with the new reports that are coming out. Uh, there may not be those restrictions. Maybe pitch count restrictions a little bit, but no, they were going to fully two-way him. Um, He was going to hit for four days, take a day off, then pitch, then take a day off, then hit for four days, and that was the plan for him. Uh, Similar to what we saw at the beginning of his pro career, or uh, major league career, I apologize, because Japan is a professional league as well. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, this was definitely... Shohei Otani, man. There there's not a whole <laughs> lot of people just li- there's not a lot of people like him. Uh it's been a long time since we've seen a player like Shohei.
0: Gosh, yeah. Um Koo I think Koo Jang Mo is the guy that I was I was thinking of that's in the KBO that's absolutely dominating right now. He's a lefty pitcher um with like a point seven one ERA through like a month and a half of the season. I think he's already Been or they've already decided that they're going to post him at the end of the year, but and I haven't seen much of Otani's um, defense in the outfield. Why do you think they they just wanted to DH him if they were going to two way play him? Is it just to take some extra extra load off of him and not risk some other injury out in the field when they don't really need to, like throwing injury wise? Or yeah, yeah, what were the thoughts on that?
1: As safety precautions, um, they had suitable players that were playing in the outfield and um, could utilize those. Players uh, while keeping Shohei at DH because, uh, you know, the Angels for a little while there needed some offense. And, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, they needed some offense and they didn't have those offensive tools uh, and players to really fill. So, you know, it's like you have Justin Upton, you have Cole Calhoun, you have Mike Trout. So you can't really play him in the outfield over those guys because you need those guys in the lineup as well. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know if he'll ever play the outfield. I think it's all safety precautions, especially when you have a guy that's pitching and then hitting as well.
0: Yeah, and you're so elite at both. It's so rare to find a guy who's so elite at both, and he really is. But, I mean, the only downside is that you can't put Albert Pujols at DH. But, I mean, I feel like he's still a pretty, at least a fine first baseman. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, we all love Albert for every reason possible because he's one of the greatest players the game's ever seen. But, uh, you know, mother nature and and time have really caught up Um, and you're going to see Albert get less and less playing time. I mean, uh, he's only got a season and a half left uh, with the angels. I mean, next year is his contract year. um, And who knows, you know, if there's no season this year and we see one last year of Albert pools that you want to see these guys play forever, but it's just not a real scenario, and um you know Albert's one of my favorite guys in the clubhouse. I love chatting with Albert, and I can only hope that uh somehow he stays within the game for a, a long time.
0: yeah, and I think he will and the funny thing about Father Time, I mean not everybody ages like Adrian Beltre, but um I remember <laughs> um he and weren't he and Prince fielder free agents that same year or was that's that a, that's a great year question. after.
1: That's a um, good question. I wasn't covering baseball at that time. I was actually covering hockey.
0: Um I'm pretty sure it was if it was if it wasn't that year then it was like within one year of each other and Prince Fielder has been out of the game since 2000, I think 15 was his last season, which it feels like forever ago. Um I think he got the news about the um the, the injury the that year. would eventually end his career in 2014. And that was the year that every single Ranger had an injury except for you Darvish and you Darvish probably pitched his best season that year while everyone else was dying and on the engine reserve or whatever. Um, <clears throat> that was also the year that pro far basically stopped being pro far because of his injuries. But uh, yeah, um, angels have a really interesting team. Um, really glad to get your insight about these guys. I have not seen um, almost any of Colwyn. Actually, I haven't seen Colwyn in person at all or Hans Krauss. I've just watched a whole bunch of videos and salivated over them. So it's nice to get somebody um, who, who is an expert and who has seen them um, a little bit and, and get your insight. Um, is there any any other thing that you would you would like to discuss about the Rangers? Any pot shots you'd like to take at them? This is your your opportunity if, if you would like.
1: <laughs> no, I love, uh, I love the Rangers, man. I love their organization. I think it's a class act organization. Uh, what Mr. Daniels is doing at the top of the front office there is great. Um, no, I have nothing negative to say. Uh, maybe um, I wasn't as big a fan of their draft as others, uh, other teams, but so be it, man. No, I, I like what the Rangers you, have.
0: Let's say a you and Rangers fans have that in common.
1: <laughs> with the, oh, with the draft? Yeah. It wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't flashy and i like flashy drafts so i, I like going i like big gambles and but yeah. you know what the rangers have taken big gambles for a long time they've done big gambles for a long long time and it hasn't played out the way that expected so i get the perspective of moving to a little bit uh more conservative and safer draft similar to what they did last year i like josh young i really do i mean i don't Me too. i don't get the the distaste for uh that pick and, and i know that the power production hasn 't come yet, but when it does, i mean I really like that big, so um yeah, no, nothing negative to say about the Rangers man class act organization really really from top to bottom, a very good a uh, lot of great people in that organization
0: yeah, I'm about to say I will never say a bad word about josh young he's one of the I, th- I think my first series. Um, at Texas tech, one of the first ones that I like covered and really like was trying to scout and use my, my baseball acumen. It was, it was Baylor versus Texas tech. And there were two guys there. Um, Shea Lang Lear's catcher out of Baylor ended up going like 10th overall in that same draft to, um, I think it was eighth actually to the Braves and Josh on. And I'm like, I think both these guys might be first round picks and my lucky projection ended up being right. So yeah, I like his, his acumen. I think, the power will come and he's definitely a guy who's, who's going to be a big leaguer someday to what capacity nobody knows. But yeah, yeah, the, the angels have a few, a few of those guys that are going to terrorize the Rangers. Their lineup's going to be just as a lot, probably a lot more terrifying than the Rangers this year, but um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys go head to head. If a season happens in 2020, if not, then 2021 will be just as fun. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me. Um, Hope you're doing well. And um, one more time, where can people find your work?
1: Yeah, always a pleasure, Bryce. Anytime, man. And uh, you can find us at Lockdown Angels, and you can follow me personally on Twitter at uh, TaylorBlakeWard. All right.
0: Thank you so much.